So, shall hey. one, two, three, record. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Grief Dialogues, the podcast. And today I am so honored to have one of our advisory council members, one of the very first advisory council members, Karen Vargas. And Karen will talk a little bit about herself and what she does, and then we're going to talk about grief in the African-American community. So welcome, Karen. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here. So tell us a little bit about yourself first. Well, um, I work with uh, some of our young people here in Kitsap County. I, I uh, run a program that's called Living Life Leadership out of New Life Community Development Agency in Bremerton, Washington. Um, I do that work um, out of the Marvin Williams Center there. Um, we just build a, a, a community center for underserved uh, community members there in Bremerton, Washington. And I also work with the Living Arts Cultural Heritage uh, project that we have formulated also at, at the New Life Community Development Agency. And I love it. Oh, yeah, and it shows. And you're so helpful to a lot of people. Uh, so first off, I know you shared with me that just the other day that you had five deaths in your family or in, among your group in in 2018. Yes. Could Would you mind sharing a little bit about what that was like, uh, family members, friends? Well, um, my first uncle passed away in June, and um, that was somewhat expected because he was dealing with some illnesses and dealing with cancer. And, and even though um, you know, it, it's all, always painful when you lose a loved one. Um, we, we were kind of preparing ourselves for, for that. Um, but um, my godson, um, that was unexpected. And so the, um, we dealt with that a little bit differently. It, it was more traumatic for, for our family members. And, and so... Um, that continued all the way up until October. And so yes. every month we were getting hit hard with losing uh, loved ones and family members. And um, it just felt like you were just getting to the place where you can kind of just pull it all back together. And it just seemed like another blow. So it was, it was very, difficult. It was hard. It still is. Um, you know, you have these moments when when it just, it hits you tremendously. Uh, the tremendous loss and when it is more than one, it just seems so overwhelming. And sometimes you just have to, to take a moment, to take a moment to just pull yourself together and take a breath, even this podcast. Now it's very hard um, just to, um, just the things that begin to just well up in you. And so um, it is almost like a um, emotional roller coaster ride because you never know when it's going to hit you. You know, whether you're driving down the street or uh, something that just triggers 
um, all those emotions to begin to to surface. Well, thank you for sharing that. It is it is indeed difficult to have one piled upon the other. Yes. And I'm very sorry yes. for those losses. And we'll both take a pause yes. here yes. <laughs> in, our, in yes. our memories. Well, today, like I said, I wanted to talk a little bit of specifically about the issue of grief with black Americans yes. as we approach Martin Luther King Day. Um, and I do want to get into a little bit of public grief, which I'll, I'll come to shortly. I recently read that black Americans tend to lose a parent or other close relative and spouses at earlier ages than their Caucasian uh, counterparts. And this creates a potentially devastating grief gap. Yes. Uh, that blacks are three times more likely to lose a mother, twice as likely to lose a father, and two and a half times more likely to lose a child by the time they're 30, only 30. That just shocked me. Uh, so how, how, and I know you mentioned some of the things you do to cope with death, but can you verify that information and, and also uh, maybe go into a little bit about how a community can support yes. uh, this type of grief? Yes, I think within the African American community that um, we have in our history always had to deal with grief and trauma and uh, loss. Uh, in many different forms, whether it was traumatic or, or whether um, it was um, due to um, danger, different things that have surfaced in our community, the, um, <clears throat> the disconnect of, of family members and, and intentional systematic pieces that I think that when you look at those dynamics and you look at um, how violence has showed up in our community and its toll on our community as a whole. I, I think that um, our children have been devastated by it, our family members, um, as well as our community as a whole. Um, we have had to be very resilient when it comes down to loss and how it manifests itself in in our community and in our culture. Um, sometimes um, I hear comments of um, those that say, oh, they're, they're very cold in their response. And I think that um, they, they feel like um, if they break down, it's over. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that um, many of our young people as well as family members and and families have dealt with um, loss and trauma uh, in other unhealthy forms with drug and alcohol use and, and also um, dealing with anger and, and how it manifests and shows up. Um, many of the community members have, um, and I'll just be very transparent and open, um, where they could have had um, some mental health services and different things, um, they were incarcerated um, mm -hmm. because um, they, their response was anger, bitterness, hurt, and how they showed up um, within the community or in engagement with others um, was um, labeled maybe violent. Mm. 
Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, it occurred to me when I was preparing for this podcast that Americans, Black American community itself, has indeed, since the day the first slaves landed in Jamestown, have had to deal with uh, grief as a steady companion. Uh, how do you think this intense grief has shaped the culture, uh, for better or worse or both? And how do you say that, how would you say that grief differs from and related to traumatic stress and other forms of mental and emotional pressure faced by African Americans? I think that it has um, caused um, our culture as well as our families to become very resilient and very strong mm -hmm. and able to bear um, things um, that others might not um, um, be able to do. Uh, I, I believe there's, um, you have the good and the bad um, because the way that any individual might deal with um, a loss or deal with trauma or deal with violence or deal with um, any of those, um, those different difficult pieces in life. Um, they manifest um, with individuals, period, in many different ways. Some people, um, they might want to drink their, their sorrows or their hurts and pains away. Um, some become very angry and bitter, you know, like I said, and, and it shows up in different ways. Loss always shows up in different ways with, with the individual that, that is um, dealing in, with the loss. Um, I, I can recall um, when um, I had a loss with my, my dad and my brother. Um, with uh, the double shooting um, when my father, um, when he dealt with that loss, he, he stuck the gun in his own mouth and pulled the trigger. Mm -hmm. So there are different ways that people mm -hmm. deal with tragedy and deal with trauma and deal with loss. Mm -hmm. um, some people, their whole lives are changed um, from those traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this, um, when we're talking about death and we're talking about grief and we're talking about trauma, and I always say, you know, um, each of us uh, will come to that place in, in our lives where we will lose a loved one. But um, what differs is how you lose that loved one, mm -hmm. you know, um, whether it's through the sickness or the illness or whether it's through murder or, or suicide or, or some real uh, hard things. Um, how the families and how individuals will deal with it, um, it's nothing, it's not a science. It's, it's nothing that you can say, oh, you know, this is the way you deal with it. it it's within that individual's heart and mind and, and how um, they process um, loss. Mm. Yeah. So uh, we all need productive healing way, oh, ways yes. to process grief. Uh, oh, yes. So, and a lot of people are struggling every day to function. In fact, when you were sharing the 
with me the other day, the, the five deaths in one year, uh, it reminded me of when I lost my father and, and another coastal loved one in one year and how devastating that was. So to me, it really uh, exhibits the re resilience that you were talking about because I don't think I could be sitting here if I had had five, yes. five deaths in one year. So your resilience is strong and, and quite inspiring, quite frankly, very inspiring. So what kind of productive healing ways do you think we could, uh, that would help people process grief? Yes regardless of ethnicity, yes. what helps? What always helps is love and comfort. Um, when um, you're mourning, um, the best thing that we can do is love on one another and speak kindly and, and begin to move the individual or family members into a place of comfort and comforting of one another. You know, um, that's one thing I can say within our community. Um, we mourn together. We pull the community, our families together, and we mourn and we celebrate. And so the celebration is a healing piece as well, um, to be able to celebrate and remember and, and begin to speak about the good times. We, we always pull the families together and we sit around and and we cook and you know because food is very important in the african-american community whenever there's a loss we we are going to to eat <laughs> we are going to come together and we're going to share and we're going to fellowship and we're going to tell our stories and we're going to laugh and we're going to cry and we're going to wow, we're going to do those amazing. things yes and that's important for, for everyone, yes. really. And so uh, the ones I've seen that seem to have the hardest time in grief are people who uh, don't want to give in to that grief. Yeah. And like you said a few minutes ago, it's going to come out. Yes. One way or the other, it's going to come out in some form. And the, the idea of community is so strong yes. that... Uh, and, that's great. And hopefully with Grief Dialogues, that's what we're doing. We're fostering yes. a community, whether it's online or in, and or encouraging people to get together yes. around grief. So, um, so I'm going to take a little different uh, line of questioning. And, of course, it's no surprise that a child's death is one of life's most difficult experiences, as you mentioned, your, your godson. Yet little is known about the factors that influence the grief experience for bereaved African-American parents. Would you describe your experiences in the community and how healthcare providers, administrators, and policymakers should be sensitive to the parents following a child's death? Yes. Uh, I think that it's, it, it is important that whenever there's a death period, but especially when there's a child's death that occurs, that that we reach out and say, what does that family need, number one, as far as the parents, you know, and the community members. I, I can remember when we lost some of our young people and it was very, it was very challenging. I, I w would hope, and, and I still have the hopes that, um, that we could come together 
as health providers as well as a community health and wellness centers be able to to get these type of um, resources cross-culturally because um, different cultures deal with loss in different ways you know I know the Hispanics Dia de la Muertes that they celebrate and they do different things and and so culturally I think that there has not been enough uh, resources given to those communities and tools that would help them process grief uh, and and be able to do that in a healthy way um, versus you know medicating and, and, and going into depression and and suicide and and all of the above mm-hmm. um, because it does it's going to come out um, but um, I think it's important um, that you you begin to to say we need to talk about this more how can we talk about this more because our children and our families experience these losses and and nothing's um, really talked about as far as getting resources that that will give these families and young people and members community members tools to 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 really process grief whether it's through counseling and and being able to have some some um, language around processing their emotions during this during the times that they're grieving right yeah and that seems so easy just talk about it yeah but yeah. people are afraid to talk about it uh, I have my theory why they are but yeah. what's your theory well I can say that some people are afraid to talk about it because of what might have been happening prior to or leading up to or relational. They, there's been a, a discord or fights or, or different other issues complicating on top of, of the loss. You know, I remember when, you know, um, my cousins had lost their father. They grieved differently because they were at odds with one another during that time. And then when the loss happened, it, it, um, they, 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 they processed that whole loss differently. You know, I had one of my cousins that was very angry, very angry, you know, and angry with his siblings because they didn't correct some things for their father before he passed away and and so all of those emotions and all of those things start surfacing during the time of grief and some of them are very unhealthy you know you have family members fighting with one another and and all of those things start just pouring out and and you know you go through this you know we all go through the process of grief when we we reflect and we say, I wish I would have if I had only. Mm. And all you go through the whole, you know, the whole alphabet of, of things that you wish you had time to have corrected or have done. Right. And what do you advise those people when they say that? When they say, oh, I have such regrets. I never told my father I loved him, or uh, and maybe I was angry with him, but he's still my dad, or something of that nature. Yeah. How do you counsel that 
type of grief? We have to start with ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves for our past, and we've got to forgive ourselves for things that might have been said in anger, of bitterness, and I always say we have to start with ourselves to, to begin to heal because now we have to heal from those things as well. So I always start with um, that healing process has to start with me. Brilliant. That's really that's just another simple thing that we just we're always trying to fix someone else, right? So uh, that's just brilliant on so many levels. So thank you for sharing that. So because this particular podcast is going to air on Martin Luther King Day, what came to my mind is it appears to me, and maybe this isn't really the case, this is not a scientific study, but it appears to me that African Americans in this country have a disproportionate amount of public grief. Yes. That they've lost someone in their community and it's national news. Yes. Do you think that's a, an advantage or disadvantage or does it cause other issues to the African American community? What, what's your take on that sort of public grief? Wow, that's really, I can remember when I was a, a little girl and it was all over the news, the loss of Martin Luther King, and it was on every channel, even though there was only three, you know, Fox, CBS, ABC, you know, during that time. <laughs> can I even say those? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, but... Um, it was um, almost overwhelming because it wasn't just our family that was grieving. Our whole community was grieving. Our whole, um, our whole nation was grieving. Um, and um, that was done publicly. That was a public grieving of a nation. And, and I also remembered when, when the Kennedys uh, were assassinated. That th those were real strong emotions and 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 um, grieving within the entire nation. What I saw was a unity in that. That it touched everyone's heart and everyone's mind and everyone was in that place um but as time has gone on and and things have um moved forward in our societies and different things i i feel that the 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 loss of life doesn't carry that type of and that saddens me that um, we can um, have those that are shot down in the street and, and um, those that lose their life and, and it doesn't prick us in a, a way that, that moves us to mourn. Um, I think that that's something we need to, to look at that, uh, you know, when uh, uh, um, humanity's conscious becomes seared to the loss of life um, and violence no longer moves you um, to a place where you you cry out um, the injustices 
I think that um, we really have to to look at those things that are happening within our society today and the way that that we mourn or the way we don't mourn um, for the loss of life. Wonderful point. Well, wonderful is probably not the right word, but brilliant point on that. Uh, we have become very immune, I think, yes. to loss of life. Uh, and making it okay to grieve, to yes. mourn, to be who you are during that time. I personally do not like the phrase, be strong, because I think that people who are grieving need to be whatever it is they need to be at that time. And that implies that you are not allowed to share your emotions. And I think if we just open that up to people and say, it's okay yes. to cry. It, okay. it, it has to happen. Um, there's healing in our tears, and if we can release them, the healing process will will flow a little bit better for us. Um, the holding in of emotions that doesn't serve us well um, when we stay angry and when we stay embittered and we stay unforgiving and, and we don't want to show any of those emotions and deal with what's happening on the inside, um, those things begin to show up in unhealthy ways. And the more that we can move um, our, ourselves through this healing process, um, the, the more health and wellness we will have as, as a whole. Um, for our lives and for our, our loved ones as well as community and family members. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all this uh, yeah. really profound information and stories. By sharing stories, that's what Grief Dialogues is all yes. about. And it, it, by sharing stories, we often get the, um, uh, well, that happened to me, yes. or some sort of, of yes. uh, feedback that, yes. oh, I'm so glad you shared your story because yes. now I can share mine, which is really, I think, so beneficial. So I want to thank you for joining me today, Karen, oh, on the Brief Dialogues time. podcast. I have a hundred more questions. <laughs> I kid you not, as you know. And uh, so I'd like to uh, have another conversation with you on an upcoming podcast, if you're willing. Anytime, I definitely want to. Oh, thank you. Anytime. And uh, it's just an honor and a pleasure to have you on today, and as well as know that you're a friend of mine. And I also know all the amazing work that you're doing in this community. And uh, on behalf of all of us, I just want to say a huge thank you. Uh, and a hug is in order when we finish this up. Thank you. So thanks again for listening, everyone, and look forward to more chances to talk with Karen Vargas, who joined us today. And if you have any comments or questions or suggestions, just fill out the comment form and we'll be happy to get back to you. Thanks again, everyone. Take care. Good job, ladies. Hi.